Hello and welcome. This is Above the Fold, and I'm your host, Liliana Green. This is the show where we sit down with the tastemakers, innovators, and groundbreakers on Davidson's campus to offer a window into their work. In this episode, we sit down with the editors of two campus publications, Gabby Thomas of the Sankofa Journal and Ariel Chung from Hobart Park. We discuss their latest issues and the role of their publications in our current COVID times. I really enjoyed having these conversations, so I hope you enjoy listening too. Okay, yeah, I'm very excited to talk with you. Do you want to start by just explaining the name of your publication and and how it relates to your mission? All right, so the name of the Sankofa Journal, and it comes from the Akan symbol, of Africa. This symbol I learned about from the Sankofa Society, which is the Africana Studies professional group on campus. Um, I started the student side right before I started the journal, and the journal came out of a project relating to the journal, relating to the society. Mm -hmm. So um, the society's purpose is to essentially share knowledge from the elder groups to the younger groups. So that's basically from the professors or like the older upperclassmen to the um, underclassmen or like the new majors. People are like inducted to the society and they say like why um, Africana matters to them, etc, etc. So this journal kind of came out of that society and its purpose was to again share knowledge to other people who don't really know about the topics surrounding africana or the african diaspora or africa it's really just a publication also to show the work of students on campus that are in the sankofa society um it's i created it actually because um, I found that we were writing really cool essays, you know, like we were learning a lot of stuff in these Africana classes and there was really no way to share it. We didn't even get like share it in our classes, like after we wrote it and we would like, I would always ask like my peers, like, you know, like what, what are you writing? Like, what's your topic? Or like talk to my professors about like what other students are doing. And like, they were doing some really cool stuff, like, you know, bringing, you know, bits and pieces from everywhere and like kind of connecting it. So like the journal's mission is kind of just to demonstrate this work and like to share it in a way that's effective because like it's written by students. So it's more legible, I guess, to people our age and it's um, more relatable. And I think that like, it's also a good way to show like what Africana studies is capable of and what it actually looks like. So yeah, I guess that's kind of, why you know we like in a long spiel why we have that name no yeah no that's really cool I think it's important yeah you do all this writing and thinking but like I mean the real work and learning comes from like sharing that you know yeah yeah exactly and it's like one of um Africana's core tenants is like seeking the liberation of peoples right so like we're doing all of this work, but what? Like, we can't just sit around in a classroom and discuss, like, these ideas of people being oppressed. You actually have to actively do something about it. 
Exactly. And like, this is something that I felt that I was strong at. Like, I felt like I was a strong writer and like, I like to read <laughs> other people's stuff. And I felt like I'm also the kind of person that likes to share things on social media or like share writing and stuff like that. So this is one way I thought that like, we could use our knowledge in like a proactive and like powerful way and like have other people, you know, use it for their own analysis and their own deliberations about these kind of thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, def- I love that so much, like learning as liberation, but it's like also like what, what kind of learning and like that it needs to be a conversation as well. Like it can't exactly. just- Exactly. And this like, I would like to think that Africana does spark conversation. Like everything I've learned like in this major has been new. Like it's been um, either new knowledge or knowledge that has taken old knowledge and like recreated it or fixed it. So like we call it like redacting it or like um, right, yeah. you know, changing the statements or like histories, you know, reconstructed yeah. histories and stuff like that. So like it's also like, wow, like I just, you know, you might think you know something, but like on further analysis, like it is more complicated. Um, at least that's what I think. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. So it started within like our Africana like department here at Davidson, but then in this like newest um edition, I saw that like you've chosen to make it more like intercollegiate. So do you want to talk about like a little bit about why you chose to do that for this edition? So this summer, so I went abroad in the spring, so we didn't really have a publication for 2020. And so this summer I was like, during the midst of like the revolution happening, people seeking black liberation, the atrocities being revealed to like the public and like the media and stuff like that. I kind of saw that there was a community of black scholars, like across like the nation, like on Twitter or like on Instagram, like kind of just communicating with each other. And then, like, I followed, like, obviously I was following a couple people and, like, I saw that they were, they might not be in Africana studies, but they they are, like, sharing the same kind of ideas. You know what I mean? Um, For the first time, I saw, like, Africana ideas at the forefront of a movement. And I was like, okay, this seems like something that many people are, like, thinking about and involved in. So, like, I also wanted to see what certain people had to say. You know, I was like looking towards a lot of scholars at other undergraduate scholars at other um, institutions that I respected in terms of their social activists, like work on like Instagram or Twitter and stuff like that. And I just wanted to like reach out to them and see like if they would be willing to be a part of this edition. Um, I wanted really strong essays and I wanted as much um, contribution as possible. I was afraid that because it was such short notice that we wouldn't get enough essays from Davidson and I wanted this edition because it's centered around Black liberation at this like pivotal time to have as much you know substance as possible you know because each department from each institution is also different you know so whereas like we might be um, at Davidson learning in a certain way other departments at other schools are like learning different things you know maybe they're have more of a black feminist uh, analysis maybe they're more diasporic you know what i mean maybe they their focus is on africa so like that's kind of what i was thinking um i was trying to like create like a compact like 
body of work, if that makes sense. And yeah, um, I thought it would be cool. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think like it kind of speaks to like what you're saying about like our learning has to do something. And I think like that conversation across campus campuses is like so important to like like actually doing something with your work especially because Africana is so small like we are small departments so like you know if we can like get connected with each other like across like different campuses that's only that's something I dreamed of from my freshman year to have like intercollegiate like you know like Africana societies meet up or something like that it would just be more impactful we would learn a lot from each other i learn a lot from my peers it would just be cool you know so that's another thing yeah so you're talking about like the the revolution that's been happening over the past few months and i really loved what you said in your statement where you described it as a, a cascade of revelations yeah so could you talk a little bit more about like that word choice the and cascade, yeah, cascade of revelations so it was kind of me trying to be as politically correct as possible, you know? At first I was pissed. Like I was absolutely like furious that people are just now realizing that racism existed in 2020. Yeah. Not just that racism existed, cause like that is beyond ridiculous. Like if that's when they're realizing it, mm -hmm. but like these little rudimentary things like, oh, capitalism is bad or like, you know what I mean? Or like, we have a gender problem or like, you know, um, transgender um, pupils are being under attack or like that, you know, pa the Palestine issue. Like just all these like things that are coming out just now that I have been aware of for, I'm not even an American citizen and I was more aware of it than American citizens, you know? So it was just kind of like, okay, Everybody is kind of trying to get on the same page, you know, and this, you know, this goes for older people. I realized like I had family members that are coming to more a conception that this is we're, we're living really fucked up, like, you know, that our world is really fucked up, like, um, and I'm not necessarily a pessimist, um, but I never believe that like people would realize it. You know what I mean? And like, I chose to take this time, like this, this instance of like these cascade of revelations happening every single day, like people posting new knowledge in a positive direction. Like, instead of saying shit, like these people are just learning this, like people have been dying for years, you know what I mean? And like, you're just realizing this um, and take it in a positive direction and be like, well, let me use this as an opportunity. Like people are interested in this shit now. Like they're interested in actually learning about like the oppression of people around the world. Cool. Like I have a lot of shit to offer you. Like I have a lot of news and a lot of um, education to offer you. Like this is what I study. You know, this is what a lot of people study and a lot of people's work revolves around. So, you know, it's not really an opportunist ideology, but like it's, also just um i sense this need and wanting for it mm -hmm. and i wanted to act on that because for too long it's being ignored for too long people told me africana studies was irrelevant that like the study of these kind of things aren't important that mm -hmm. i'm too radical like i am too that we are too radical as a discipline that you know 
caring about you know like humanity as a whole is too radical and then all of a sudden like it seemed like people opened their scope of empathy and um i chose to just use that as an opportunity to like have people actually read (laughs) you know and and um my professor actually said yesterday that um no revolution can happen without the education of pupils like no revolution can happen and education happens outside of the classroom it happens like anywhere it can happen on instagram it can happen like you know orally you know but you have to have a dispersal like a common understanding of what is going on to progress right so like yeah like i we just see it as like a duty to some extent like so i was frustrated but like I saw it kind of as a duty to keep it going and keep the conversation alive, especially at Davidson, because that's my community, and keep the conversation radical, I guess, for the time being. Yeah, no, that I just like that was the the best description that I've seen of like what was happening. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I was honestly nervous. Like, it's crazy. Like, I don't like writing Mm. publicly. I don't like publishing my writing. It's yeah. weird because like I have this whole publication of like other people's writing. So when I was writing this statement, I was trying to say it as I was trying to say exactly what I meant. And like I did I'm glad you liked it, honestly. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Okay, so also in this publication, like in, in the first edition, it was mostly essays or all essays, but in this one you also included like art and poetry as well. So why did you choose to make that addition to this one? I felt like we, I mean, I just know that as a body of like our board wanted to keep the requirements as loose as possible to allow for the free, like, you know, submission of knowledge and stuff like that. But on a personal level, I felt like sometimes you can only describe things from studying Africana like poetry is just often used to describe things that like normal prose cannot mm-hmm. like to describe pain or like to describe things that like you can't get out in like a you know a research paper so like I wanted it to like you know it to, to you know pose this for thought you know because it's knowledge worth having and it's knowledge worth reading and I felt like imagery you know I at first just thought of it as you know thinking of it as a composition of work like I just wanted image beautiful pictures and like you know in in the body of work but then we got talented artists black artists to like submit and stuff like that and it turned out that like the pictures were speaking as well and they were also um, a point of conversation and a point of thought like you could also use that for like a photo analysis or like you know to pose a question or and I just like I think that that was the reason yeah no I think that definitely things are lost when you just like have these academic essays actually like my research this summer was like spoken word poetry I was going to like a lot of events and like I really felt like there's nothing else that can really capture the the feeling that someone's having like yeah poetry is really able to do that in a way that nothing else and yeah I agree that's such an important part of conversation all right I guess my last question for you is a more general one like um, related to COVID stuff 
I feel like a lot of people are finding it hard to feel inspired and motivated right now. So how do you stay inspired and how do you hope that your work and your publication might help to motivate and inspire others? I stay, you know, I like to think Afrikaner is a pretty pessimistic thing um, because you're learning about like the oppression, defeats and like subjugation of people around the world. Like, you know, it's, it's really tough. And I think it really took a toll on me, like my freshman and sophomore year, like emotionally, like to, to say that, like, you know, what should I do? What can I do? Like, I'm learning all this stuff. Like, what, what is there to be done? Mm-hmm. And I think that the best thing, the best thing I stumbled upon this summer was that everybody has their distinct role. Like, everybody has like a role that like they're better at, like that they can offer to to help or move things forward. Even if it's, you know, even if it's not as significant as another, you know, and as long as you are working towards something in that direction, you are part of this larger revolution. And as long as everybody's playing their part, something can really happen. And we saw that this summer, like where moments where the entire world was screaming out, at least something happened. But like what we need to understand is is that this is like an ongoing process. You know what I mean? Take care of yourself, get your rest. But like this is something that has to be done every single, like we have to be thinking about these things every single day in order to get like the response and change that we actually need. I would like to think that like us as educated people or us as scholars, us as privileged people, because we are in a privileged space, like we are Davidson students, we are privileged. You know what I mean? That we have the duty to somewhat help. And that's like with empathy. And that really depends on somebody's like empathy and ability to have that like urge to do. Mm -hmm. But for me, I can't, once I look at my phone and I see like what is happening, you know what I mean? It's on my mind. And all I can really think about is what will put me in the best position to help people, you know what I mean? And I think Davidson students do do that um, long-term wise, but like on a short term, like, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. I think that's okay. Um, I think that like, as long as you're pushing yourself towards something positive, mm-hmm. you know, for a positive impact, that's okay. I mean, and this is just my opinion. Everybody has their own beliefs on like how much people's roles should be in this movement but as long as you're just not on the wrong side of history you know yeah yeah i think that (laughs) you're you're in a good position and like you shouldn't beat yourself up too hard because you know we're still like the little folk on the ground you know so but if we can get some power it would be nice if we could do something about it yeah so i guess that's what i have to say and I think thank you for talking to me uh, asking yeah. me these questions uh it was nice actually like uh somebody asked these questions so it was yeah. nice that's good I'm glad yeah I was I was happy to ask these questions I was I really enjoyed reading the journal and love talking to you about it we just got our physical copy um, out and we are going to have like more copies towards the end of the semester. We're also having another journal in the spring and we are looking for people to be a part of our team for the 2020 to 2021 year school year. So from spring to fall.
Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's it. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Right. Um, right. See ya. Yeah. Hey everyone, Sebi here. Just wanted to update y'all on a couple things that we've got going on over here at the Davidsonian. Because of the pandemic, we're moving the majority of our coverage online for the foreseeable future with special thematic issues coming out in print at the end of every month. They'll revolve around one topic, one discussion, one sort of thing, and that'll color our content for that week. In other news, we've changed the name of our etc. section to Living Davidson because we feel like it better reflects the content that Skylar's putting out every week. That's it. And now back to Lily and Alyssa. Okay, so first I wanted to ask you to kind of explain the name of your publication and how it relates a little bit to your mission. So Hobart Park is an annual literary magazine that has all sorts of arts on campus, whether it's literary, visual. Uh, we try our best to include performing arts, um, arts that don't really get on paper usually, like music too. And our mission is to kind of celebrate. That's why it is an annual forum where we highlight student and um, sometimes faculty work. We used to do faculty work. We don't do that much often now, but it is to celebrate and highlight um, some of the works we've seen. And what our editors do is that they gather up. It is made by students, voted by our readers who are students. Uh, we take as much as we can take from that. And we create things around that we can see in common. Yeah, I love that way to describe it, like a celebration. I feel like especially now, like creativity and like art needs to be definitely celebrated. So I love that. Just in terms of this current issue, I wanted to um, ask you about the dedication, which reads to those who continue to love and care in new ways during these hard times so i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like how you chose that dedication oh it was both kathy and my words so i can't really speak much into kathy's intentions behind it but at least for me that art is sometimes seen as a luxury sometimes seen as not much related to survival but quite i think it is related to survival and mostly to continue our lives and to spark some joy in us and sometimes you need joy to survive and a lot about like what covid revealed to us is that people have different ways of expressing themselves and different ways of finding joy and i feel like we wanted to celebrate and thank our artists on campus on continuing that work. Some of these works were created before and some of these works were created in the middle of a pandemic. But because of students who continue to show that dedication to their own work, whether it's for their pleasure or for others, it was an encouragement. And I hope that like other students who read this issue were also encouraged to continue finding joy in themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's very true that like art can really bring you joy like through the individual process, but like also in your editor's note, you talk about how it 
art can also like connect us. So could you talk a little bit about like the role of, of that connection kind of in the way that art helps you to find joy, but also like, yeah, like you said, to survive? Yeah, it's, I think it's just like people say like art connects, but I think there's some stuff that I don't know how to express or I don't know how to express in words. I'm not a very good word person. So I usually go with a lot of visuals and performances. That's why I like theater because someone wrote already the words for me (laughs) that I can speak out loud. But I think seeing someone else's work and seeing how you could relate to it is actually a relief. Like that some people do go to the similar things that you do. There are so many works in Howard Park this year that like sparked some joy in me and I was like, this is funny. Like this is um, like a really funny piece. And then there was some pieces that really brought up some memories that I had that I stashed away before. And I was like, oh, that reminds me of something else. And I think that kind of connection that we don't even know of that exists, like we can't pinpoint it to where, but the fact that memories are connected and we do have shared experiences does enforce a sense of community. It might not be strong as in like, everyone is gonna come together around Hobart Park and recite the dedication and <laughs> like praise the copies. But I think it's just a nice piece to have as like a journal you would stash away, a, a little piece of thing that you can open up and be like, oh, that's my friend who wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had like that sense of like, Someone I know, someone even I've seen only their faces. I've seen only their going around on campus, but they write, they take pictures, they perform. Like, I think that's also a way of connecting, especially because they've been so small. You always see someone, you know their faces, but you really don't know them. You get to see others' works. I think that's actually something very fun, incredible. Yeah. No, I love what you said about like, the fact that we each express like art in a different way but like we can still like appreciate other forms of art and like will spark something within us and I think that's something that's really cool about like a publication like Hobart Park that can bring together all those different forms and like we can all get something out of it even if we choose to express ourselves in like different ways you know yeah and it's kind of funny because we never give out any prompts we just say just bring in anything you made this year it can be from class, it can be undone, like it can be in the process. And we always find the common aspects in those works. Um, that's usually the work of layout editors, but they always find themes. And sometimes we decide to name them, sometimes we don't decide to name them. But it's funny how like always we see different vibes in the year, <laughs> different things that people go through, but all with a common experience. Yeah. What do you feel like were the vibes of this issue? I don't know. I will leave it to a secret. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, yeah, that's what layout editors do. And I would say that there is a lot of oddly gratitude. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It's just funny because yeah. but I see a lot of like strong expressions of artists. Not to say like artists usually don't, but like, they're very strong pieces that shout out and 
but mingle very well to each other. I think it's because we had a very big common experience that we all had to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and that meantime that people had to voice through something. And I think it was what they gave us. Yeah, I guess let's switch gears a little bit. Could you talk a little bit about like how the last issue spoke to Black Lives Matter? It's always a question I have or... Um, maybe Kathy has it too, because we, we are both Asian identifying women, but also like in a very privileged place. And we, like Hobart Park's mission statement is also in bringing student voices and diverse perspectives. And, and the thing is that we don't reveal the artist's name, we don't reveal who it is, and people vote on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing we have. And we usually take up as much as we can with the budget or the normal pages we do. So there's that always interesting question of like, is that, is that any way in a bias or mm-hmm. is that impartial? Like, do we really not know who the artist is? This is a really small school. Like yeah. I could, I could tell by like the writing or the photographer. So I was like, Oh, this is this person without, um, like even without the names. So that's always a question I have back in my mind of like, what is impartial or how does art and identity come true together? And Kathy and I had leftover money with Hobart Park essentially because we didn't, we couldn't make the physical copy last year. And we have resources and we believe that art is a very strong medium to speak through and express. And to be true to our mission i just didn't think being like impartial or getting rid of the names was enough of bringing diverse perspectives some voices had to be amplified more and to be listened to and that's why i think we named it like amplifying black voices that is not that they are voiceless is that they're simply not heard they have very strong voices they have beautiful art um artists we worked with is incredible student artists um and i feel like they deserved to be heard more especially in this time that we had to listen i think that's yeah incredible and that i'm definitely so glad that you guys chose to do that with the extra money that you had okay yeah i just have one concluding question just i think a lot of people are finding it hard to feel inspired and motivated right now so i just wanted to ask you how you try to stay inspired and motivated and how do you hope your publication might inspire and motivate others? I like surprise gifts. I like surprises in life. Okay. Um, <laughs> even though I need more plans and regulations with school, but <laughs> I like getting something out of the blue. And I hope Hobart Park is just kind of like that much. Like, we're not saying we're, like, this grand art curators who's going to change your life and change your perspective on everything. But I think it's just, like, even getting a physical copy is just nice. It's a gift for you. Free. Yay. And you can flip through it like a magazine while you do chores, while you cook, while you want to just procrastinate. And you can be like, oh, I know this girl. I was in the chem lab with her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's just, I hope Hobart Park serves that way to be like, oh, 
like people are doing stuff like I hope like maybe I'll just start sketching and yeah. you don't have to submit like you just even just a small spark of something could help in an everyday life how to stay inspired is the hardest thing I'm going through too but ironically I think to keep the inspiration going is that you need a plan Mm-hmm. And hopefully, Hobart Park could expand its influence on artists by keeping. We are trying thinking about bringing like artist workshops to like continue to push people to like make, break, rip up, burn, or make more <laughs> from that to just check in. I think people just need people to check in with each other and keep that steady. It's a gift, but. Is not just given usually. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be interested in that. I would love to go to a workshop. That sounds like a really good idea. I think it's important to yeah, to motivate you is also to like, like you were talking. We were talking about connection is to actually like share your work with people. Mm-hmm. Is really helpful in this time. Okay, well, thank you so much for talking with me. This is really nice and fun. Julia and I'm back to tell you about the new newsletter initiative that the Davidsonian has this semester. So every Wednesday we'll be releasing a newsletter that will have highlights from all of our sections and links directly to our website where you can see everything that's going up. And so the idea is that this will replace the weekly print publication that we used to distribute due to the pandemic. However, we are also going to be publishing thematic issues once a month. So if you're a Davidson student, faculty, or staff member, you'll receive this newsletter and print issue automatically. But you can definitely tell your families to please subscribe. They can do so by going to our website and to enter their email address and home address. And they can receive both of these things for free in order to stay up to date with everything happening in our community. So yeah, we hope that you tell everyone you know to subscribe and to keep following our social media pages and website. This has been Above the Fold, the official Davidsonian podcast, and I've been your host, Liliana Green. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for another episode later this month. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore Davidsonian, Instagram at the underscore Davidsonian, or like our Facebook page. Thanks to Neelay Gatlia for composing our music.